I feel conflicted. I feel conflicted. I don't want to see that. I feel conflicted. I don't need to see that. I don't want. I don't need to. I don't want. I don't need to see that. I don't want to see that. I don't need to see that. Solid as a rock. Ah, that's what we are. <laughs> and we are <laughs> something like that. I don't know. This is it. We are back. We are back and welcome back to Countdown to the Comeback. Countdown. This is Jenny. This is Miss Marcy. And we know you missed us. Uh, we missed you. Uh, my friend Chris texted me when I was away saying he was catching up on the comeback and he was really upset because we hadn't posted anything new in a while. And I love when that. were we going to? And yeah, I was like so happy and I was like, oh my God, he's listening listen. to yeah. us. And But you know, people get busy or no, people absolutely. aren't into it. Right. And, and so I think they also might be like, you know, I talk to you enough in real life. So we had a little Christmas break. Yeah, I was traveling, and as we talked about on the last podcast, we weren't we weren't aware that there were going to be these extra two episodes. Not that I would have booked anything differently, but maybe we could have... So episodes seven and eight are like our bonus episodes. Yeah, they are. They were a delicious surprise. After the calm episode six that ended like with the crickets of the night and the Palisades, and now here we are, and we are like shot out of the cannon... Towards the finale. This was a crazy episode. It really was... Jam-packed. It was so much about their relationship, which we've had so many questions and conversations about. I know. After all this time, we finally got some answers. And yet so many more questions. True. I agree. Yeah. I mean, crazy things came out, and I want to know more, and I know I never will. And I've got to be okay you with that. You don't know. You don't know. That's not true. You're right. You're right. Who knows? Maybe there will be a season three, but we'll talk Please, about Please, let's hope there's a season that. three. Season two, episode seven, is entitled Valerie Faces the Critics. And there can be a lot of uh, discussion about who the critics actually are in this episode. True. It's laid out like it's going to be this international press conference that she's going to do with Billy, but that doesn't happen until way late in the right. episode. We open on... The table at the talk. Valerie is a guest on the daytime talk show. Now, I don't watch the show. Have, do you ever watch the show? No. I mean, it's like, I don't want to say it's the poor man's view, but I mean, I've heard about it, but. You're horrible. I know. <laughs> it sounds terrible what I'm saying right now. I think like there are some people who are very loyal to the view and um, and then some people who probably never liked the view and so we're very happy to I love welcome. the view. I love the view too. But I like the hosts on the talk. I love Sharon Osborne. She cracks me up. I love Aisha Tyler. Yeah. That Melissa woman can do Gilbert. Oh, no, Sarah. Sarah. Sarah Gilbert. But I know I always think <laughs> Melissa too in my notes. I I look up. Pint. Yeah. <laughs> oh. oh half pint. Yeah, I looked them up because I also didn't know Cheryl Underwood. I didn't know what she had done, but she was a comedian. Yeah. yeah. And then Joan, is it Joan? Julie Chen. Julie Chen. But I was right. thinking Joan Chen, too. I was thinking Melissa Gilbert and Joan Chen. Well, and... We should give them their own show. 
anyways, all right, so we open on the talk, <laughs> and Valerie comes out. Right off the bat, we find out that she's Emmy-nominated. That was such good news. That was so exciting to me. She just kept laughing, like, everything they'd say. Like, so you're Emmy-nominated? She'd be like, yeah, I know! Like, she totally seemed surprised. She can't believe it. But yet you can. You knew it was coming. I did know it was coming, damn it. <laughs> she earned it. And so she's nominated for Best Supporting Actress in a Comedy. It reminded me of all of these dramedies that keep getting nominated for the comedies in right. Emmy seasons. And people are like, how come Nurse Jackie keeps winning Best Comedy? Right. Or Weeds? Seeing Red was one of those. Sharon Osbourne says that the show is quite shocking. So different from when she did I'm It. And there's this moment where like she stops for an applause and it doesn't come. Yeah, I noticed that too. But I think that's it's, but that's her. I mean, it's funny. It was funny to see her get so much retribution at the end, you know? Because that moment she stopped for applause and it didn't come, that was just, that was old Val, yeah. you know? And heartbreaking Val. She is waiting. For, nobody knows what she's talking about. You know maybe. what's so funny is that nobody mentions room and board. They always, they still mention I'm it, but no one ever mentions room and board. They have sort of stopped talking about the comeback. I mean, Mark seems to be the only one who still kind of brings it up right. as something that happened. They're, they don't talk about that on this, like you said. No. You can't talk about the comeback, or you can't talk about Room and Board without talking about the comeback. No, exactly. So, uh, Julie tells the audience that Val is a lonely loser of an actress. Valerie pipes in like, on the show, on the show. Right, she's still so obsessed with having people know the character's different than her. And then Sarah Gilbert points out, like, oh, right, so you're married. Then we get a picture. I think it's Sharon Osborne or somebody says, like, yeah, it was one of the most unique weddings. There's this picture put up of them. She's wearing an all-white ski suit. Oh, right. It's I forgot their, about that. It's their wedding picture on the ski slope. And, and we still don't know how they met. We know that they were married on a ski slope while skiing. I would, actually. They're very curiously strong. Personal. Personal moments. I remember the first boy who gave me an Altoid. What I didn't realize then is that men really liked it if you put Altoids in your mouth and then suck their cock. Really? <laughs> I do know that. But I was 19 at the time. Oh, so he so was giving you one as like a... He was giving me an Altoid and I'm saying it's... Touch my penis, he's like, put my penis in your mouth? I don't know that that was his intention, but like looking back, I think like, hmm, maybe that was his were intention. Were you in bed when he did that or? No, I think he, he was. coffee bean. Yeah, I think we were. <laughs> Which maybe is not were, a big place for blowjobs. But maybe he was just trying to get me hooked on them is what I'm saying. Oh. Like because he introduced me to the curiously strong mint. Yes. Or maybe he thought you had bad breath. <laughs> maybe. That happens too. I thought we were in love. But. But it was just halitosis. It was just. <laughs> <laughs> That would be a great song. I thought it was love, but it was just halitosis. Oh my God, I got to write that down. I thought it was love. But it was just halitosis. It could be the first line of a song entitled Blame It on the Breath. I love that. A whole musical. A whole musical about two people who fall in love, but it's star-crossed because of their halitosis. They can't get close enough. Exactly. <laughs> And one of them, their halitosis is, is gum disease related, and the other one is digestive. <laughs> oh my God, I love it. I love it so much. 
I can see it. Tony with a bullet. We are on our way to our we first are. Tony. We are. That's our new, our new thing after this. <laughs> Personal. Personal moments. Oh, my God. Okay. Back to uh, the comeback. We cut from the wedding picture of Valerie and Mark in there. On the slopes. On the slopes. We pull out from it, and we are in Valerie's TV room, where she's watching it with Mickey and Esperanza. Esperanza is just so... Very made up. And she's just so sad that Mr. Mark is gone. Mr. Mark. She's like their kid. I know. It's like any mention of him, it's like, Mr. Mark, you were so happy there. Call Mr. Mark. Everything that goes wrong. Because Esperanza is bemoaning that Mark isn't there, we learn that he's still in the Palisades, and that... This is a couple months later. They're ordering lunch, or they've ordered lunch, and it's been two months since they've seen Jane, which we get the great little joke, are you still a vegetarian? What is it that she says? I've never liked meat. (laughs) (laughs) Meaning cock. (laughs) And then Valerie leans into Mickey, and they have that great little laugh. He looks so sickly, but then they have this moment, and there are like two little 14-year-old schoolgirls, because Valerie asks him if that's a lesbian joke. Oh my god. Or actually... the cutest moment. It's that she says like, Jane, is that a lesbian joke? And then the two of them just start giggling, while Jane looks on like, you morons. (laughs) She looks at them a lot like that. Yeah, it's true. It is a very strange little family unit that they've become. But they're also, they're all, I've become very attached. Yes. We also know that Mickey's recovering from radiation because every time he walks by a VCR, Silkwood starts to play. <laughs> I didn't notice that. That was awesome. That's I did he not said. notice. I, God, I missed that. And then we get Valerie's Meryl Streep impression. Oh, that's right. <laughs> the dingo ate my babies. And then, again, Mickey corrects her and says, you know, that's not Silkwood. You know, maybe he's feeling a little better because he corrected her. Yeah. I worried so much about Mickey in this episode. Oh, my God. Just from the promo. Yeah, exactly. I, mean, I was scared. Exactly. So the doorbell rings. Esperanza jumps up. Meet the mug. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> well, why would he be ringing the doorbell? Valerie breaks it to Esperanza that it's Billy at the door and... Mickey announces that Hurricane Billy's coming because he's in the middle of the Emmy press splits. Then we go into the kitchen and Val is talking about, you know, does Jane miss her? But Jane's seeing her every day in editing. So we kind of know that that's happening, that the documentary is really coming together. Jane thinks that the documentary is going to be good. Which is exciting. Yeah, and she's very invested in it. And then in comes Billy, who is really excited to announce that Entertainment Tonight is going to be... Covering Val on Emmy night, getting ready at home. Then he and Jane kind of get into it because there's going to be kind of a conflict of cameras. Oh, yeah. That happens a lot, you know? I think people are over Jane. You know, now that Valerie is so big, it's harder for Jane to be in her life. Jane's really having to fight for her documentary a lot. So Billy and Jane are going at it, and Billy says something about, like, Brad Gordetsky wouldn't come, uh, is hand-delivering the dress, and he wouldn't do it if there weren't going to be cameras. Again, you know, Jane is just saying, like, well, HBO worked really hard to get her access to this thing, and it's like, she can't even say the Emmys. It's this weird 
moment and I was wondering, watching it and wondering whether it was something that actually happened, like she couldn't remember the line when they were doing it or whether it is this choice, like Jane cannot actually... Mainstream stuff. Yeah, she can't talk about, like even though she knows it's the Emmy, she's going to act like it's like, well, they made a big deal about getting us access to this thing. Right. You know, and it's like, you mean the Emmy Awards, you know, and she has made a big show about awards mean nothing that kind of puts her in this weird position because she's also rooting for val to get an award in a way right doesn't that kind of make the documentary better yeah but well either or because she's you know the documentary is supposed to be dark that's true i think by some of her behavior even though i think she cares about val i think that jane has had a part in some of the bad stuff happening in val's life absolutely i mean the, the definitely the downfall of the relationship yeah and we know it, we saw it really hardcore in the first season. And in this season, it felt like she wanted to redeem herself. But I feel like she's... No, not at all. Yeah, she hasn't. I think once she sort of got taken seriously by HBO and they wanted her to do the doc, that that sort of change shifted her. She's into her documentary filmmaker mode. Right. Uh, in the middle of this tussle with Billy and Jane... Val says, you know, can we all just get along? And I I thought about that moment in season one where she said that that was the joke that killed I'm It, the Rodney King joke. Oh, right. I know it seems really random. That is so random. But wow, I was like, memory, Jenny. Yeah, but I was like, what? Because she's kind of doing it in a voice like she's doing an imitation. Right. And, but so I, it stuck out to me like, but wait a minute, that's... What she was so convinced was the joke that took down I'm It because it was too soon. <laughs> uh, but she's using it here freely. Maybe it's supposed to symbolize that she's moved on or something that was once so important is no longer so important anymore. You are putting deep thought into that <laughs> moment. Very deep thought. As, and then Val goes to give Mickey food and he's passed out from the radiation. He's exhausted. And it, again, it's one of those, oh my God, is he dead moments. It's, I know, so much. She's also protective of him. She, yeah, I mean, you really see so much of their relationship in this episode. It's, you know, I mean, all, all through the season, but it's really beautiful how careful she is with him and how caring she is of him. And we see that when she goes to his apartment, she also has a key to his apartment, yeah. which is a sign of how intimate that connection is. Speaking of intimate connections, Valerie is in the bedroom on a phone call to Mark. At first, I wasn't sure that she was actually talking to him. I know. It seemed like an answering machine at first, didn't yeah. it? Yeah. Because she's like, hello, it's me. And that's always something I think that sounds like you're talking to a machine. Yeah. And just the way she rambled on and it, I don't know, there wasn't like a lot. Yeah. It was hard to tell at first. But we only get her side of the call and we learned. That, that was a really interesting artistic choice, you yeah. know, because it kept us really wondering. Is he there or not? Papa, can you hear me? <laughs> We learn from her side of the conversation that they are in couples therapy and that they are not supposed to talk, but she's calling them Why anyways. Why do they do that? That happened on Grey's Anatomy this season, too, between Dr. Ramirez and, and Rainbow or whatever her doctor lover wife is. I don't watch the show anymore. Oh, my gosh. They have a baby and they're married and they were in trouble. The, the couple, the therapist said, stay in the same house. You can stay in the same house, but you can't talk to each other for like six weeks. A lot of therapists work very differently, but sometimes it's just sort of like a cooling off period and also to give 
the relationship in the people's space. Right. But I think it's in case-by-case case basis. There may be different reasons to do it at different times. And then some people, maybe they should be talking more. Right. Like, no, I you have to set aside. Good. Yeah. But then sometimes what happens is a couple is talking too much and they can't, you need to break that cycle of argument or just even if things start well things might always devolve similarly and so it's like you can't get past it's like one person just suddenly feels injured and then the the real communication stops right i mean there may continue to be talking but the communication stops then it's just a lot of reacting and so so you think that's what's happening with valerie mark i think that that's possible because what we see happen is she convinces him to have a sneak date with her. That they... was the most poignant moment. Ugh. I know. She just missed him so much. She does. I mean, he's so valuable to her. It was really sad he seeing her. her there. Yeah. And I think that she grounds him. Maybe it doesn't seem like it because right. we don't, we haven't seen it. But he's been very invested. We know at this point it's been 14 years. So they were together. I think they were married four years They've been married like 14 years, so they were. that means that they would have been together four years when the comeback started. Right. And so that means he stayed with her for another 10 years through all of that. So there's a lot there. And who knows how long they were together before. Yeah, there was never any, you know, who was Francesca's mother. There's never any mention of that. Right. There was one, one thing in the first season about her. she was like a yoga instructor oh, really? or something. Yeah. Or maybe opened a Pilates studio. I don't remember. <laughs> it was Yeah, it was you something. Know. But you know it was something he bankrolled. So I thought that the little exchange that they have on that phone call is funny about Tyler's letter of recommendation. And we know now that Tyler wants to go to USC film school. Right. That that's been a change for him. Tyler has really become a very important character. Who knew? <laughs> but I, I enjoy him. I mean, it's such a funny character. <laughs> I wonder if it was planned that way or if it just sort of evolved with his, he's so good. He's so removed from the darkness of it. That yeah. It, it's that such a comic His obnoxiousness, relief. yeah, becomes that. Yeah. It becomes the comic relief. It becomes the breath of fresh air. Next, we are in the restaurant parking lot and Valerie is arriving for her dinner with Mark. And I don't know what restaurant that was. But Jane and the crew are sneaking up on her. Oh, that was horrible. I was like, no, no, Jane, no. I know. And there's a bunch of paparazzi around because we find out Ryan Seacrest is next door at Soul Cycle. <laughs> <coughs> I love the Soul Cycle reference because it's so LA. It's so LA right now. Valerie and Jane get into it about whether or not Valerie will wear a mic. And let them film this dinner with Mark. Weren't you like, no, don't do it. Please don't do it. Please. I mean, I my soul was crushed when she put that mic on. Well, a lot of people were blogging that they they felt Jane was really manipulating her here. So, oh, my so God. Hardcore. Oh, yeah. And when Jane says to her, you know, we're so close to having something special about you. Yeah. It's such a she knife. She really does know how to work, Valerie. She really does. You know, she really focused in on all her vulnerabilities. And she used them against her in this scene. Yeah. She wants to get her story. She's really focusing on the love story. That's what she's telling Valerie. And yet, she's destroying the love story. Damn it. Under the guise of trying to capture it. Valerie agrees to put on the wire and 
Miss Marcy and Miss Jenny separately were screaming at their televisions, No, don't do it! Oh my gosh. Alright, so they're at the stuffed pork chops restaurant, and she walks in, and Mark is waiting for her. He stands. It's so awkward, which, I mean, have I can relate to that. You know, when you've been with someone, you know them so intimately and then things go wrong and then you see each other and you you don't know how to be with each other. And it's the weirdest thing of going home at the end of the night. You're with that person and then you know that you're going to be parting at the end of it when it feels so unnatural because it's so much more natural to live together. Yeah. But you don't right now. I'm with you. That moment was heartbreaking. Yeah. I'm painfully familiar. They start to communicate. Um, well, Val, uh, I've had a lot of time to think, and, um, but things, things aren't, aren't really good between us. They're not, they're not good, but Mark, you know, we love each other. Okay, all right, just, just let me finish. Okay. Um, I don't want to make you the bad guy here. It's just, it's like... What happened to our life? Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. And I'm responsible too. I mean, I thought I was a good sport about your career, and maybe, turns out, I'm not such a good sport. And if this is who you are, then I don't know if we can. Oh, no, okay, listen, just, th- this is just, this is a rough patch, right? I am, I'm sorry that I caused this crazy mess mark i am but you know we've been through so much worse than this much worse yeah but you can't see now this is this is totally different from my affair or the abortion i mean your abortion was something that you it's such a rich moment Because he says, yeah, he kind of agrees with her. And they have got this moment of real kind of connection and where they're both really being real. That was like, whoa, whoa. A lot of information. lot. The affair. Oh, the affair, the abortion. That was like a lot of information. And it explained a lot, I thought. Okay, well, what happened when, too? And why? And because that's just shorthand for so much stuff. The affair and the abortion, I would say so. Yeah, like when did it happen? Why did you know? Why did it go down? Who was he, who did he have the affair with? How did she find out? You know what I I love about Lisa Kudrow, and it was really so apparent in this. It's just her face. That the things she leaves unsaid are just amazing. And then there's the awkward moment of her trying to pull out the wire at that moment because it's too much who she really is. Right. And there's so much at stake for her she feels like there's so much at stake for her if this side of herself is seen yeah oh my god my heart broke in that moment he realizes that she's got a wire and he flips out and he asks her if she's in the fbi or what's going on and people around them are sort of reacting as well and he's really pissed and he's like is anything real about you and she's just Trying to explain to him that Jane had talked her into it and that she made her do it and that this is for Jane's career, that she's fine. There's nothing she can say in that moment. There's absolutely nothing she can say. She's just making it worse. Oh, I know. Didn't you just want to go, shut up, shut up, just stop, stop. Yeah. 
first of all, best thing to do if you're wearing a wire and you don't want anything to be baked up is stop talking. Right. <laughs> Lesson one, just shut up. So then he's also realizing that the cameras are recording them as well and he's just out of there. She follows him out and of course Jane is waiting with the cameras and he, Mark is confronting her says, why don't you go in there and drink a glass of wine with Val? I paid for it. Like, I've paid for everything else. He's feeling very oh, resentful right now. He was right so now. angry. He was, a, he was an anger ball. He was a love ball there. <laughs> he was anger ball. Yeah, he was kind of out of control as far as, you know, as far as he's gone. I don't think I've ever seen this level of sustained anger from love ball. Val comes out and the wire is now, like, hanging out the bottom of her dress. Oh, I know. That was the saddest little pathetic walk hilarious though because she's I know. all awkward the heavy battery hanging from her waist like a dirty diaper didn't it it was like a poopy diaper the poopy diaper walk <laughs> not that i've worn in a diaper as an adult but who knows? maybe that's next. but like a toddler wearing like, <laughs> like the way a yeah, toddler that, walks yeah, like when you know like they're carrying a full load yeah. yeah exactly <laughs> you know what's so funny too a toddler when they're standing there you know they're pooping and they get that look of peace on their face <laughs> Or like Here we are talking about duty. Out. Yeah. <laughs> duty talk again. We've got to distract from the heaviness of this moment. I know. And to dive d- right into duty. Right to duty talk. Well, it's intimate. It's the other side of intimacy. It is. I think, you know. Mark is waiting for his car, which is not coming. Uh, he's telling Val he needs more distance. And they really start getting into it. I think they both make good points in this argument about what their roles have been in the relationship. She's saying, look, I made a home for you. I saw to it that Francesca was eating when you weren't. We really see the humanness of Val there again, you know. She really has been a great wife. I mean, there was 10 years. I mean, we don't know what happened in those 10 years, but I don't think she was working much. Right. I think she was being a wife. She was doing that and then doing her little things, but I think he was feeling like... I don't think he's ever felt what she did was real or important. No, I mean, we've had so many things, you know, actors aren't artists and things like that. Yeah. He's had so many lines where he said things like that. And yet it's this conflict inside of him. Like, I think in a lot of people where he's also fascinated by it and he wants to go to the Golden Globes and he wants to be, you know, fast best friends with... A celebrity best friend crush, male crush Seth with Rogen. Seth Rogen, you know, so... By the way, may we just take a moment to say a lot has happened in Seth Rogen's life yes, since we it last is. recorded. And I don't really want to go there too much, but... But I'm glad that they have released it. I'm really happy that the freedom of speech has... Yes. Has... I have no desire to see it. Oh, well, I do want to see it, and I will, but that's... Because I was going to see it anyway. Yeah, so and was, I wasn't. So yeah, that's, I, that's, but that's freedom of speech. Yeah. And, and I love you, Seth Rogen and James Franco, but it just didn't. I don't expect it to be some great work of art. I have, you know, really low expectations, which means I'll probably love it. Personal. Personal moments. Seth Rogen, again, one of these people that Mark is very impressed with and probably thinks, well, that's a real job, and he has kind of respect Yeah, why for him. does he feel that is a real job that Valerie does this? That's kind of, you know, that would be hard for me if I was his wife. Well, because I think he, I don't think he thinks that she's very good. 
Although maybe he does it more so now at this point after seeing Red because now she's Emmy nominated and getting right. acclaim. Maybe Do you think he watched it. I don't know. I can't imagine that he wouldn't. But I don't know. Yeah. There's so much going on between them that it may so be much. he can't watch it. It's too close to him. But instead of being happy for her success, I think he also resents it because it means he's less, he feels less important. He feels yeah. less necessary. If she is successful on her own, then well, he that doesn't need her. Yeah. And so that becomes a problem because it also makes him have to face that you know even if it's legitimately what he feels to say that when you're sort of also saying but i've been who was your cheerleader and i was there after they destroyed you and all of that stuff which is absolutely true yeah but that's also him wanting to be there like to save her and be her hero and you know and that's fine but he should also be there when things are good too and standing by her even just because they're good doesn't mean they're not hard there's a lot of hard work can can make things difficult, but they are good things that are happening. So anyways, that was kind of what I was feeling in that argument between the two of them. Like, they both had good points, but ultimately, I feel like he just is kind of like a little spoiled brat at that point, saying like, well, I want my wife the way I want my wife to be, and since I can't have her, I'm going back to the Palisades. Yeah, I think he was very inflexible, but, you know... I still, I saw both points. I mean, I did see both sides, but, you know, you just wanted to go, Mark, fight for it. Fight for it, you know? Yeah. How do you throw that away? 14 years is a long time. Yeah. My parents got divorced after 17 years of marriage, and I was like, what? Like, that's what we decided. Yeah, that's crazy. Not that I think that it was a bad thing. I think ultimately it was a better (laughs) thing for both, but it's one of those things where it's like, but you've got so much time. And then on the other side of it, I see it, and I think... Life is short. Why waste one one minute of it being miserable and married to somebody you don't love or that is not, I don't know. I I, I don't like to say is not helping you become your better self because that is not the other person's job, but, you know, or the purpose, ultimately the purpose of marriage. But I would like to think that it kind of is. You grow together. Yeah. And that you want to bring out the best stuff in each other. You change, but hopefully the changes are parallel. We're very deep tonight. We're very deep. But this episode was very deep, and it was very much about marriage and how hard it is to be married. And Valerie says that later on when she's describing what Jane's documentary, HBO documentary, is going to be about, which probably will not be anything about it, but what she imagines it's about. Back to the parking lot. And there in the thick of it, TMZ is there filming oh, it all. Of all things. They were there for Ryan Seacrest, right? Or Yeah. But they saw everything. For all we know, they've shot the entire argument. There is this other moment in the argument where she talks about being out with him on business dinners, talking to people and saying, what does your company make? It doesn't matter. No one will manage your portfolio better than my husband. So we're sort of getting some idea, too, of what Mark does. I had a thought the other day. About the fact that we don't know what Mark does. Yeah. Maybe we don't know because Valerie doesn't really understand what Mark does. That, you have a point there. I thought I had a point until this because then it sounded like she yeah. kind of got it. But maybe in the last 10 years is when she really started understanding. Maybe after, you know, the show ended and she really focused on being his wife. I mean, she put, that's the thing is, you know, she put in so much work with him. 
Do you think that she really focused on his uh, being his wife, though? Because we know she did the fillers. We know she did the cherish your hair. That's we know true. she did the student films. She she was putting together the reality crew when we opened the season. I know. I loved that. Before she even knew seeing Red was going to happen. So, I, I mean, I think maybe both, though. I think... I think she was a good wife before the comeback. And I actually thought that through the comeback, she was a pretty good wife. I did too. I I did too. She was always doing things for him. I mean, there was never a doubt that she loved Mark. Love ball. Love ball. We really are rooting for Valerie and Mark, if you haven't guessed. We love love them. (laughs) Wrapping up the argument that they were having in the parking lot. That Uh, was insane, that argument. Yeah, I mean, she brings up everything that she's been doing or that she's done for him in the home, you know, and getting Tyler a job. And he says, hey, but that was a way to manipulate me, which is like both of them are making good points. He's saying, you know, that he's been there for her when nobody else believed in her. And it's always about you. I've been there for you, Valerie, when no one believed in you. I have been there for you. No one? Really? Not no one, Mark, because I believed in me. I'm not no one. That's not nice. Maybe you don't think I'm someone, but I have a birth certificate that says I am. Maybe you should talk to the Television Academy because they think I'm someone. Okay? They think I'm someone. Go cry in your tub again. Yeah, really? This is is going nowhere. Where is my fucking car? She looks like she's on the verge of... They both look like they're crying or on the verge yeah, of crying throughout absolutely. this whole argument. I loved that moment. Again, it was a heartbreaking moment. Yeah, but it was beautiful. I mean, it was beautiful. She could have been nominated for an Emmy for this argument. Both of them, I thought, did... I think they both... I hope. I hope this show is recognized at the Emmys. I hope so, too. In the argument, he also says something about go cry in your tub again. Which is a reference to something we don't know anything about. Yeah, but it's such a sad visual. And there was a comment in the early episodes about Polly G writing a scene and seeing red of her drinking in the bathtub or something. Or crying in the tub. Again, these weird things that may mean nothing that I just start thinking, oh, is that related? So Mark is ready to head back to the Palisades uh, and believes he's not on his, her list of things to do. He does not believe that she cares about him or anyone anymore, and that all she cares about is the cameras. At the end of the argument, as Mark is about to drive away, she runs up to the window and stops him. That's right. You're not in the front seat this time. That's right. Sorry, little boy. You have to ride in the back seat now. Just this one time, though. I hope you win all you really care about that's not true mark that's mark wait mark wait i just have to say i have this is your emmy ticket okay and i got your tux dry cleaned so please come please come i don't know how to explain your absence even in there anymore? I'm th- what does that mean? And at that moment, 
she may have had a chance, but then she said, I wouldn't know how to explain it, your absence. Yeah, she is her own worst enemy so many times. A bad idea. There were so many times in this episode where you were like, Val, no, you know? <laughs> that is not why he wants to be there. He doesn't want to be there. He doesn't want you to want him to be there because you don't know how to explain it to people. She had the perfect opportunity to say so many other things. Like, I, I can't do this without you. You're everything to me. Or right. just something like that. But um, it didn't happen. She went for the... Ugh. I think that's her comfort zone, too. I think her comfort zone is, is you know, Valerie Cherish, the actress, first. Absolutely. I mean, after she said that, she probably was like, oh, what did I do? You know, but yeah, that's, I mean, that's just where her mind goes. Valerie Cherish, the actress, celebrity, is the only part of herself that is worth something or... Which is sad. Yeah, it is sad. Like that it's the only part of her that's real when it's not. It's actually the opposite of that. It's like the most unreal part of her, but it's the only part that, like you said, by saying it's her comfort zone, to her that is like her reality or her most comfortable reality. This uh, is delightful tea. Jenny gave me a cup of stress release tea. Kava stress relief tea by uh, Yogi Teas. Oh I my gosh. Them. It's really it's good. It's very stress relieving, Jenny. It is. Kava is very good That is that. true friendship. When you give another friend stress relief tea. Hey man, just relax. Have some stress relief tea. It's all going to be good. I keep saying release. Like I can't say relief today. I forgot. Oh, I guess I can say if. Well, you need to... Release. Both release and that will get you the relief. Maybe it's, um, you, you know, need the relief. I'm processing it by calling it stress release. You need the relief by Releasing. experiencing the release. And so it goes. And so it goes. Personal. Personal moments. So she makes this terrible judgment call. He drives off. Then we realize that TMZ has been filming it the whole time. The next scene... Which Jane created. Jane created that whole thing. I really feel that. I was very mad at Jane in this episode. She was not protecting Valerie. She was... No, not at all. And she's actually become what she has been sort of rallying against. This treatment of women in Hollywood. And yet she's exploiting, witnessing it and not protecting her either. Yeah, absolutely. Because she could have stopped filming that at any point in time and let them have their moment. But she didn't. No. God, Jane, you're such a God, Jane, I'm so mad at you. I'm so mad. I really wanted wanted you to be my higher self. But but do you think Jane thinks that she's being bad? That's what I'm saying. Do you think that Jane thinks that she's being benevolent? I think Jane is being being the filmmaker that she, you know, feels she is. But I'm wondering if on some level Jane doesn't justify it to herself. In some way. I don't know. By yeah. feeling like she really she is bad. looking out. I don't yeah. think she feels bad. Anyways, well, if you've got a different opinion, let us know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> We'd love to know. Join the conversation. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter. <laughs> okay, so the next scene is the interior of Valerie's car. Valerie's driving and she has her hair up in curlers. Jane is in the back seat. Tyler is next to her. We find out at the top that she can't get a hold of Mickey. She's been leaving him messages. He didn't show up to do her hair, which it sounds like the first time in a long time, if ever. You know, that is the first time I have actually, you know, really in life in so long seen someone drive with curlers in their hair. (laughs) 
I've never understood why you can't just get it done before you leave the house. Uh, it kind of keeps it set. I used to drive and <laughs> Did you? So proud of you. I And I happily would again. Sometimes it's like air dries better oh, that way. Oh, I see. Um, but it also can, you're let, letting it set because the minute that you let it out, then it's going to start falling. Especially if you've got a lighter, fluffier hair. That's like, true. Marianne, you've got such nice, thick hair. Curlers. I set my hair in curlers on New Year's Eve. Like, I bought those little rag curlers. I love those. Oh, I know. They make them again. I've, saw, I I've seen them. I've seen them. And, they, and now they're better because they snap. And then I, I have like this little dryer attachment. I put on my dryer. This is all fascinating for the show. And I took it out like right before my handsome date was going to pick me up. And my hair was like Roseanne, Rosanna, Dana. <laughs> it was horrible. Well, but weren't you going to Rocky Horror and yeah, weren't you going so as magenta? Sort of, yeah, yeah, that's what I said. I have the magenta hair. That's, I think that's kind of fabulous. Rockwell Stage. That's where we went. Rockwell Table and Stage. It's on Vermont. It was so much fun. On New Year's Eve, Rocky Horror Picture Show. I mean, that's... You know, it was really interesting because I thought it would be sort of all these younger people you know, dressed up as the characters, but really it was more like our age, people dressed up really nice for New Year's Eve. Oh, Yeah, it fun. was, it was a, yeah, it was really funny. Personal. Personal moments. All right, so Valerie's driving in these curlers, getting in arguments with Tyler and Jane about whether or not the lights were yellow or red. Jane thinks that she's worried about Mickey, but she keeps denying that she's worried about Mickey, even though she's said on the message to Mickey that she's worried about him because he hasn't called. Billy calls in, beeps in, and she asks whether or not he had hired Mickey, and we find out yes, so Mickey's supposed to be there. It wasn't like lines got crossed. He said he texted him the night before. And Valerie makes the bold decision that they are going to swing by Mickey's place on their way to the international press conference. My heart started beating really fast at this point, you know, because I was like, oh, because I was remembering the promo. Yes. Plus, what, the last time we saw him was was his Silkwood moment. I want to say yeah. Lauren Silkwood. Laura, I don't know what her name Karen. is. Karen. Karen Silkwood moment. Right. Thank you. So, what are we going to get, right? It's just all set up to make you think that, okay, we're going to say goodbye to Mickey now. And then she goes, and like we talked about, she has a key to his place. They, She's making a lot of noise and making announcements when she gets there. Like, I just, I'm here. I'm coming in. Oh, my God. Wasn't your heart thumping so hard? terrifying jane pushes past her to get the camera Ugh. crew in again i was mad at jane jane was sort of infuriating in this episode doing everything you don't want her to do but everything that goes with her job as they enter the bedroom of mickey mickey is ass barren high oh in the my sky God. Na- to the wind. naked mickey tushy it was very i can't believe disgusting. that the actor did that it was but he's he a was, professional i know no, and I'm, I mean, it, it was very necessary for the scene. And wasn't he wearing, was he wearing like a leather sumo wrestler? What, no, what was, that, was that, it? That was his, that was his silk robe, his black No, but what was robe. it? There was something like, I feel like he was wearing something up his butt. <laughs> I didn't see anything, but. Oh. Yeah, no, I, I just think he was just kind of. Did you think he was dead at that moment? I thought he was dead. Oh my God. And he looked like, I hate to say this, because the actor is so lovely, and so this is no kind of reflection on him, but he just, like, looked like a beached whale. Like, yeah. It was just, like, this, No, like, he, pale, he played it well, yeah. Pale. They set that shot up really well, because I really thought he was dead. Suddenly he wakes up. What's happening? Oh. Uh, okay. Red? Yeah. What the hell is this? Well, uh, you didn't show up today. I didn't know if... What are you, you doing here? I'm naked. I'm uh, naked. I didn't red. see anything. No, just cover you. That's right. Cover yourself up. Yeah. 
That's okay, Mickey. You didn't show up. So. What day is today? It's what Friday. time is it? It's eleven thirty. Who did your hair? Well, I. Oh! <laughs> no uh, way! No, uh, Tyler. Oh, oh, this is uncomfortable. Yeah. Juan, this is Valerie Cherish. What is the camera about? You can't show my dick on camera. We can if you sign a release. Jane, no. Uh, this is, uh, is my friend Juan. Mm -hmm. Met last night. Hungrydaddy.com. <laughs> Tyler, not funny. I'll be a professional. Okay, Jane. Mickey is horrified. And and yet Jane kept filming that too. Yep. He stops in the middle of all this and is like, who did your hair? Like, I know. That because, well, yeah, that's always his thing. Then we knew Mickey was okay. Yeah. And she probably knew he was okay when he asked her that. It's a sense of relief. It's that sense of normalcy. Great set decorating in Mickey's apartment, by the oh way. Oh, my God. It was fantastic. And he has like a little, what looks like a little shrine to Valerie too. I know. I've noticed that. Who doesn't? Oh, wait. As Mickey is realizing everybody's there, out of the back, this naked guy, Juan, comes out, and oh we find God. out that he's someone that... Uh, just fully naked, just schlong out. I know. And with a full-on, thick, like, Puerto Rican accent or something. I mean, that, yeah. that Oh, I thought, when you said full-on thick, I thought you were talking about his pubes. <laughs> See where I go and where you go? Oh, my God. I'm thinking accent. You're thinking bush. I am. Juan tells us that they met on HungryDaddy.com. I love the name of that website. <laughs> HungryDaddy.com. I want to know if it's a real thing. I didn't I look know. it up. I'm going to look it up oh. right now. Uh, Miss Marcy's going to look it up. And <laughs> Juan is a great source of amusement to Tyler. Oh, my God, yes. Who, by the end of the scene, is Tyler imitating. Tyler is five. Yeah, he's, he's five in he's this like, scene. He's like, he's giggling. Naked, he's, naked man. He's giggling. As Valerie is trying to get out of the room, she accidentally kind of walks into Juan's dick. Oh, that and, was so... Oh, whoa! When she bumped into his dick, that was hilarious. And Valerie ushers everybody out into the other room so Mickey and Juan can get dressed. And she starts chastising Jane for making her worry and sending her into a panic and making them come over there and filming it all. Which I have to say... You know, come on, Valerie. You were worried about him. You're just deflecting a little bit uh, too much. She was legitimately worried. That he was dead. Just it's not excuse. a real website. Oh, darn it. But there is a, a little window. When it tells you it's not a, there's no website with that name, there's a little ad for something that says find a booty call. <laughs> How long do you think before HungryDaddy.com Oh, is? I know. Well, I tried both. Hungry Daddy and Hungry Daddies. Oh. Oh, wait, I didn't try it with the Y-S. Maybe whoever started it. Did you do I-E-S? Did you spell it correctly? I did I-E-S, yes. So Juan doesn't want them to show his dick on camera. You can draw my dick on camera. But Jane goes running after him for a release. Again, Tyler is having a great time imitating him. Maybe he's more than fine, Jane. He's having sex. You can't show my dick on camera. All right. just have to behave. You can't show this. Stop it. Then Val and Mickey have an exchange about where was he, and he explains, like, look, he got a little drunk, he wanted to have a little fun, he didn't get Billy's texts, or he was too drunk when it came in. So Mickey assures Valerie that for all of his problems, sex isn't one of them, isn't one of the things he's had an issue with, and he can still do it, which is... Aren't you so relieved to know that? <laughs> because... Well, I think it's another sign that he's okay. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's also his way. When you're still going way. on HungryDaddies.com. 
bringing home little pieces of Juan. Juan just made himself right at home there, too. Oh, yeah. And they have that nice little moment where Mickey's like, you know, we're Mr. Captain Butler, I do declare. Oh, like, I know. Yeah. And I don't think that, do you think Juan knew exactly what he was <laughs> talking about at all? Oh, I think he did. I don't know. I think maybe it's something that they played the night before. Did Some little, like, he was named Captain Butler. After Juan has taken his leave... Mickey goes to play with her hair, and she's like, oh, you know, we're going to shower first. I just thought that was like, ew. Ew. Cum fingers. Juan <laughs> <laughs> cum fingers. Hungry daddy cum fingers. <laughs> yeah. You don't want that in your hair. Oh, maybe you do. Remember that Maybe that old thing about head shampoo? What? There was this thing called head shampoo. Maybe I'm dating myself. I don't know. And it had this commercial, head shampoo is easy, so clean and breezy, the wonderful thing to do. You are going to post that link to our <laughs> Facebook page. If you want something pleasure, da 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 da. So wash yourself with head shampoo. And there was this big rumor. It was, uh, there was cumin in it. That was the moisturizing ingredient. <laughs> well, like that wasn't that, that was a storyline on Nip Tuck. Was it? I love Nip Tuck. I got to go back and watch. I didn't watch the last seasons of it but it's also the um something about mary right yeah great hair gel after they leave mickey's we cut to the international press junket and we see the seeing red poster valerie emerges after a great session with the german press she you know she comes alive doing press and billy's totally in his element and they're in some hotel so she's going from room to room like they do at Junkets, talking to different factors. And we find out she's spoken to Spain. She just got done with Germany. And Billy assures her that she's killing it. Showbiz speak. It's like the highest. Like, you're nailing it. You're killing it. She's got. We know that she's going in to talk to the social media. One of the doors opens and she hears the press laughing in there. And she's like, oh, well, I'm glad I was already in that room. I'd hate to follow Seth. Then... Billy tells her that Seth is done and that it's Polly G is in that room. We learn at this point that Polly has not been nominated and I think the show hasn't been nominated. No, I think just Val. Or maybe one other thing. Maybe Seth. Just, I don't know. I think Seth and Valerie were nominated. So Valerie makes a makes a comment about like, oh well how nice of him to do that, but Billy says he owns it. Like, right, he's got to do it. He's got to do it. it. And he's got the creative rights to the show, so it's all important for him. So Val enters the room with the new media press, and the first person she talks to is Bob of Bob TV. The good Bob TV was the one who he, gave him the good review. Yeah, he loves Polly G. I'm so glad we got to meet Bob from Bob TV. Yeah, and and he's kind of a douche. He's a little bit of a He's douche. one of those very snobbish attitude. And it's Bob TV. Here's Bob TV. He tries to engage her in a discussion on, you know, cable versus cheesy sitcoms and insinuates that there are always laugh tracks in sitcoms and like that's not genuine laughter. And I still think to this day she doesn't really understand laugh tracks. (laughs) (laughs) It reminded me of the conversation we had on the subject of laugh tracks. And when she was doing the green screen stuff, I think is when it really came up. But also in the uh, at the end of season one where she was doing the scenes without the audience and how hard that was for her not to have that laughter. Like, she feels it's real. Got to defend it. Like, no, no, it was real. It's all oh, real. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And then we meet Daphne of Daphne's Download. Oh, my God. I loved Daphne. And she's a real type. <laughs> you think? Who else? Daphne of the Daphne Download. Ah, oh, that's a cute name. Yeah. Can you talk a little bit 
about how the women were used in Seeing Red. Sure, yeah. Um, you know, in Seeing Red, you know, the women were used in all kinds of ways, you know, like they are in life. Right, all kinds of women, all kinds of roles. Um, you had uh, my character was a TV star, right? But then you had um, waitresses and um, therapists, meter maids, strippers, crack addicts, you know, his mother in the flashbacks, right? So I just think there's so many parts for women on, in TV right now, and it's just wonderful. Look at all the, you know, the other nominees for Best Supporting Actress. Right. And I'm just I feel so blessed to be in their company, you know. But every woman in your series was used in an over sexualized way, I even the nurse in the ER. I think she's talking about them being used in a much deeper sense than Valerie takes the question. Well, too, these are all Internet people. And I still think as, as much as, you know, Valerie's doing all this stuff, I think she still is 10 years behind. So I don't think she really understands the, the kind of people who blog. And I really don't. And what's important to them. Yeah. And now everybody, you know, everybody is a, a certain personality of their blog, and that's what they're asking her questions about. So we know what Daphne's download is about, how women are used in television. And then Daphne is further curious about her experience filming scene 27. Oh, is she ever? Was it uh, difficult for you to do the oral sex scene with Seth Rogen? Even though I, I find him adorable. So cute. My type. Peachy dubs. She's really into uh, Seth Rogen. She's so... That was... Oh my gosh. That was my favorite. That was my favorite. That's when I love Daphne. She has a Jew girl crush on right. Seth Rogen. Totally. I can say Jew girl because I'm a Jew girl. But he is, you know... I don't have that feeling about Seth Rogen. He's too spitty, you know, the, but he is, you know, there's parts of him that do sort of play into what every Jewish mother says their daughter should have. So she, he's her type. her type. Yeah. <laughs> and she doesn't really let that go. No, she says something else and I couldn't understand it. If anybody out there knows what it is that she says, I, maybe I will load the clip. Please tell me because I listened to it over and over and yeah, over I and I couldn't I understand what it was. Right she says... My type. Valerie explains that she's an actress and sometimes for a role they have to do things that are difficult and do things that they wouldn't normally do, but it's for the story. And this was Polly's story about that time in his life. Then another blogger asks if she's insinuating that HBO pushes the sexual content. Which she has to sort of backpedal and like, no, no, that's not what I'm saying. Then Daphne pipes in again about women in other shows. And... Oh, she does not let that go. And the guy, somebody's like, oh, no, not this again. Like, she right. knows she just, when everybody's come in, she's asked right. them this. Nobody likes Daphne. <laughs> Bob of Bob TV, who, as we've talked about, is in love with Polly G. I'm just now just taking it to pure, you know, idolatry. Wants to know if it's really Polly's version of that of his life at that time. If he had that much sex, yeah. Uh, Bob 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 TV is very. He's got the the bromance with uh, uh, Polly G. I think a little bit. After Bob says, "Did Polly G. really have that much sex?" She makes the joke. Does anyone? They kind of are laughing, and then the weird guy in drag with the beard says, "What's fabulous about you?" She doesn't really have anything to say. She just asks for water, and Tyler's like, what, now? Like, again, oh, Tyler. No. It's the worst attitude, but I love him. 
<laughs> he always looks surprised when he's asked to do something. To do his job. Yeah. While that is going down, she kind of deflects, and the other guy starts asking about the symbolism in seeing red. Uh, can we talk about some of the yeah. symbolism in seeing red? Sure. Yeah, just got to have some water. Yeah. yeah uh, the character so Mallory represents talk. show business. Okay. Uh, and... Mitch's hatred for that part of himself that craves the spotlight, the way his body craves the heroin. And in Detox, when he hallucinates, uh, burying you alive in the desert, he's trying to kill that part in him and all of us that need so much approval from the outside world. It's not a show business story so much as a human story. You know, we need to stop being addicted to other people's versions of ourselves. You know, Mitch is Mallory, right? I have no idea. Just, you know, wish I had you six months ago when I was laying in bed, staring at the ceiling, thinking, what does it all mean? <laughs> right? Just that's what I was. And in this exchange sort of explains a lot about what the show is, seeing Red is, and possibly even the comeback. That was very deep. Valerie has this great reaction because it's as if somebody's finally explained to her what's what been the going show's on. about. <laughs> <laughs> like the whole time she hasn't known, but now she knows what the show is about. And she pretty much even says so. Somebody asked about the rumors that doing the show has destroyed her marriage. And when she tries to play the everything's all right and I'm happily married, instead of like on the talk or some other show where they may push it it. or yeah not push it i'm sorry yes right believe it or be happy presenting her version of it but this person this blogger is like have you seen tmz yeah i think valerie still doesn't understand going viral you know that argument that they were having in the parking lot oh my god it's probably been all over the internet for five minutes and then everybody will forget about it too right have you ever watched tmz that show i love that show (laughs) they're horrible but they're really funny I know it is like a train wreck. I try not to watch too often, but when it is on, sometimes I just can't. It somehow look away. just appears on my TV. Then Valerie explains that the conflict with Mark was really about the documentary, and which is about how hard marriage can be, and that Jane is an Oscar-winning documentarian making this. And when pushed, Jane reveals the working title of the documentary. Chance to plug the movie, Jane. What, what are you calling it? Uh, well, the working title is The Assassination of Valerie Cherish. Okay, well, <laughs> in other words, we're still working on the title. Well, so. Does The Assassination <laughs> refer to how many times it tries to kill you in Seeing Red? Yes. Look at you, always thinking. <laughs> the Assassination of Valerie Cherish. Which Jane is essentially doing. Thank you. I totally agree. She is, she, and she is the one literally shooting her. Yeah. Can't show my dick on camera. Billy wraps it up and they all head out and into the elevator and they're going to go to lunch. Her and the crew, she's kind of with her posse. Somebody says going down, but we are going up. Suddenly we hear a voice down the hall calling for them to hold the elevator. Up comes Polly G, all alone, looking very healthy and spry. He did look good. And Almost happy. Yeah. I mean, maybe a little forced happy, but he... Right. He was definitely showing his underbelly. It's... But in some ways, it's got to be Polly's worth nightmare to be alone in an elevator with Valerie Cherish. And her entourage. I mean... He calls her Val in the circus. We hear the music cue, the opening strains to Phil Collins in the Arch Night. Elevator's going down, but we are going up. (laughs) 
<laughs> Everyone hungry? Should we go yes. somewhere? My treat. Hold it. Oh, oh there he is. Hey. <laughs> Bell in the circus. Yeah. <laughs> How's everyone? Well. Good, yeah. Well, if this thing crashes, it could be any worse than being in another room with the press. Am I right? <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Be so proud of yourself, though, Polly. You know, so many of them love the show, love your work. Yeah, now all I need is a time machine so I can go back and get them registered as Emmy voters. Oh. <laughs> hey, are you going to Juno's big party? Uh huh, yeah, yeah, sure. Any chance I could tag along, or are you booked? I only have the plus one. You booked? Yeah. Cool. Yeah. This little exchange in the elevator is our little tie up for this episode. It almost sounds like he's asking her out on a date. I just thought he wanted, I think he wasn't invited to the party. Totally agree. But my first thought was the way he said it to her was like he was asking her Do out Do you think on a he's date. in love with her a little bit? Well, we, Everything that he hates. I, I think he does. I think that there's got to be some, again, we may never well, know. Well, he cast her. Right. I mean, going back to the beginning, he cast her. There's so much. We've talked about the animosity that you can't you can't hate something that much that you don't have a lot of passion about too. There's this really sick connection between the two of them. We we don't really know what the source of it is with either of them. To be completely honest, for her it's sort of I've got speculations, little things here and there. That was a that was a, a oh that elevator was buzzing with the two of them there. And after he said that, like, or are you booked? Like, do you yeah. are do you have a date or are you going? And he knows that it's happening. Which means I wonder if he's gone in the past. Like maybe they've even seen each other there in the past. I don't know. Making you go? Mm-hmm. Every year. Billy? No. Right. See you at the Emmys. Oh, are you going? Yeah. See you there. You guys know where you want to go? quiet awkward moment of like nobody i mean because you know valerie could call yeah but i don't think she even thought to do it or maybe she didn't want him there that's her thing she doesn't want him there i know she and juna do have a beautiful relationship and i bet juna doesn't invite him or hasn't invited him i think she hates him yeah i think she hates him too we can't talk about it but we've watched the next episode there's there was this other moment in it where it reminded me of when she called Valerie in season one to say, are you going to Polly G's party? Juna may have still gone or whatever, but that right. Juna knew that Polly G threw a party and didn't invite right. Valerie, even though he invited everyone else. That was when they were in Palm Springs, right? Yeah. yeah. But I could totally believe that Juna, out of loyalty to yeah. Valerie, would never invite Polly to a party. It's obviously something that people know about because Polly G knows it's going down. As the elevator stops, I think she says, you know, will we see you at the Emmys or something? And he's like, yeah, see you there. She looks confused. She makes a comment. She's confused that he's going to the Emmys. But again, Billy's just told her that he owns the show, Seeing Red. And so he's going to be at the Emmys. And it just makes sense that he would be there. Anyways, that's the end of the episode. The rest of the song plays out. It's very powerful and awkward. And I'm excited about talking about the finale oh me too i thought this episode not to give away any of the finale but it set the stage beautifully for the finale that's where i'll leave it today 
This episode was directed by Michael Patrick King and uh, written by Michael Patrick King and Lisa Kudrow. Yeah, there's a lot in this episode and we'll probably talk more about it when we're talking about that. Yeah, I think when we talk tomorrow. So, uh, we'll get this up as fast as possible. (laughs) And uh, thank you all for listening. Thanks for listening. We love you. Sorry we're late. You can show my dick on camera. You can show my dick on camera. You can't show my dick on camera. You can't show this. Stop, stop it. You can't show my dick on camera. You can't show my dick on camera. <laughs> my type. Beat it up. Oh, I feel conflicted. Oh, I feel conflicted. Oh, I don't want to see that. I feel conflicted. I don't, I don't need, need to see that. that. I don't want. I don't need to see that. I don't want. I don't need to see that. I don't want to see that.